0: Um, topic this morning is heaven, and a um, couple of reasons for that <coughs> um, that I decided on this topic um, <coughs> was, one, it's kind of come up in our, our household between one of the young ones, um, and uh, so I, I knew I needed to study it more than that. Uh, another reason, too, is... Um, I've noticed a lot, I guess it's been there for a little little while now, but I've noticed a lot in the uh, religious world, um, there's this talk of, um, so if you've ever, it, it, we'll get to this at the very end of the, the lesson, but um, there's some scriptures that talk about the new heaven and the new earth, and so there's this a lot of talk in the, the religious world that um, uh, we won't be in heaven, we'll be on the new earth. Um and uh I'm like, well, it definitely goes against everything I've you know thought and believed my whole life. <clears throat> I also just don't really seem to agree with that. I'll keep an open mind, but i I, I don't see that, and so I wanted to study that um uh, a lot. I've also noticed uh since I became aware that that thought is out there that like my study Bible, which I like a lot. Uh, seems to assume that as well and so in the commentary they they tend to put that in there a lot um, so it's it's something to kind of keep in the back of your mind because things like things that you would think would be kind of neutral like a study Bible might try to lead you astray uh, on this so um, that was one of the other reasons I, I wanted to go over this but um, <clears throat> yeah so this is um, I gave you a seven page handout and uh, I, I because that's as far as I got, <laughs> and there's more that I probably could have uh, gone into uh, that I just didn't have time to study for, um, and also probably had a little bit of mercy on everybody as well, So, um, <laughs> but uh, it's a big topic, and I, you know, I guess I didn't realize how, how much it, it, it is and how much that, that I think we take for granted or, or just kind of piece together that I think is right, but I didn't know that I made these assumptions um so that's a lot of that is just just why i wanted to wanted to do this um so um <clears throat> first, I just wanted to give you kind of the the cliffs notes version <laughs> so after you leave here just just stick with these there's 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 four passages i mean there's a lot of passages we're going to go over, but four that that I always go back to is my grounding passages for when I think of heaven. Um, the main one is First Thessalonians four thirteen to eighteen. Let's just let's just turn there. Uh, I'm going to come back to it later. But um, like I said, I really I really just find that 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 one is helpful um, to um, you know when when you start reading passages like Revelation or something or or hearing people in the world that you know are coming up with different theories. <clears throat> um, this one always brings me back to, yes, what I was always taught is right. <laughs> so, First uh, Thessalonians 4:13 to 18 <clears throat> uh, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, uh, that you may not grieve as others do, who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, uh, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep, Uh, For this we declare to you, um, by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, um, who are left until the coming of the Lord, so if Jesus comes back and you're still alive on the earth, um, um, will not precede those who have fallen asleep, which I'm pretty sure means those who have died. um, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven, uh, with the cry of a command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, then we, who are alive, in other words, if we're still alive, uh, who are left, <coughs> um, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So, we're going up <laughs> into the air, Um and, and so we will always be with the Lord. Uh, therefore, encourage one another with, with these words. So, again, I'll get into, you know, more about what this, you know, means for us and everything. But um, that's one, I mean, that one, just always keep that. 1 Thessalonians 4, you know, is one that, that you you should probably just know that as, if someone wants to start talking about heaven and they start saying, well, what if, what if, what if, this one kind of grounds just about everything. Um Second Peter three, um and I'm not gonna turn there, these are just kind of for your reference, but um <coughs> Second Peter three, seven through thirteen talks about how uh the earth is going to be destroyed. Like really, it's not just gonna be renewed, uh which is kind of a, a thought that um is out there, but you know, it's going to be utterly obliterated. I think it says even the elements. So <laughs> really, really gone. Um first Corinthians 15 uh is a very long chapter about the resurrection and uh gets into you know uh, a very deep you know argument uh of what that's like and and the fact that you know uh will be very different than 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 we are now again I'll I'll I'm going to come back to this one in more depth uh and then the last one I actually just didn't have time to get to so we won't cover this but Luke 16 19 to 31 um is the story of the lit- rich man and Lazarus and so this one's interesting, and and again, I just ran out of time, and, and the things that I was able to study for to to uh, to cover today, but uh, so we won't come back to this. But that one gets interesting because it's a place that's not heaven, and it's not hell, and it's not earth, and it's somewhere where people went after they died. And so that you know, um, that's one that's just again, just keep that in your mind when you're studying, uh, you know, about. Um, <clears throat> heaven and and life after death and and everything like that. So, um, okay. Um, all right. So, what is heaven? Um, and I, I'll I'll just I, I'll knock this out of the way because um I think I think this is pretty uh, clear to understand from the scriptures, but um, <clears throat> you know the. I, I Just for fun, <laughs> I went and looked on the internet, and, you know, what is heaven? <laughs> just see what's out there. Um, most of them, i would come up with this, and I, I think it's pretty accurate. Uh, this is how I've always understood it, too. There's there's three ways the Bible uses the word heaven. Uh, one is just the sky, meaning, you know, our Earth's atmosphere, so, um, you know, there's that's where the air is, right? Uh, where the birds fly, um, but not so far as where the stars are. So that would be the next one, is we call space or outer space, where uh, stars and planets, asteroids uh, are, so that's beyond our atmosphere. Um, (coughs) And I've got the scriptures there uh, just for your reference, but there's many scriptures um, that talk about it in these ways. And then there's just what I call heaven, (laughs) which is where God dwells um, and where other spiritual beings are. um, and, um (coughs) And I do believe that we also uh, will, will will be there one day if we're found faithful. Um, and then if you uh, turn to 2 Corinthians 12. Um, so I think this would agree with this. Um, maybe not, right? This is a little... <laughs> Paul just drops one of these phrases in there, doesn't explain it, and then moves on to the next thing. Good old Paul, so, <laughs> the Apostle Paul. So, 1 Corinthians 12, 2, uh, he says, I know a man, and he." a lot of people think he's talking about himself, but anyway, you know, asking for a friend, right? This is you know, kind of that, that phraseology, right? Um, I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven. Whether you're in the body or out of the body, I do not know. God knows. Uh, and he goes uh, um, he goes on from there. Um, <clears throat> And so, what is the third heaven? Well, he just doesn't explain it. He just kind of goes on from there. Um, So, I I don't know, but I mean, it sort of gives the idea that there's three, anyway, I guess. Um, And and so it seems to kind of line up with the the basic idea of of when you look at the Bible, what what the the three ways uh, the Bible uses it. But anyway, um, I'm going to talk about what you would think i meant when i said i'm going to talk about heaven which is the place where god dwells like that's 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 what the the topic is today so um just want to get that out of the way but it's um, um like i said i think it, usually it's it's usually i don't know it seems like you can kind of tell from context which one is is being used um <coughs> all right so uh, let me get lined up here alright so page two Um, there's this phrase the kingdom of heaven Um, and uh, apparently it's only the book of Matthew uh, which we just started studying again Um, the other other gospels will talk about the kingdom of God or just say the kingdom uh, or other epistles and things like that Um, but only Matthew says uh, the kingdom of heaven i I Don't know what if there's something to be gleaned from that or not, but uh, just kind of a fun fact to me. I don't know. Um, but like I like I have here, this, this can get complicated very quickly. Um, so um, I, I find this is this is one of those things that seemed when I went uh, went on the internet to see what people had theories of about heaven. I, I think this is one that trips people up is that they see. Uh, heaven in the phrase, and they think it means that it's talking, every every mention of the kingdom of heaven uh, has to do with uh, up there in the sky, or wherever it is that, that God dwells, um, <clears throat> and um, I'm a, a, a firm believer that the kingdom in general is is the church, uh, it's the people of God, um, generally on, on the earth. Um, it's, that's a study in and of itself. I don't really have time to, to get into that in depth. Um, I've given you a few scriptures there um, that, that I think support that idea. Colossians 1.13 uh, is uh, a, a good one because it talks about in the past uh, where he says uh, you've been uh, transferred in, into the kingdom. Uh, let me just go over there. Quickly, Colossians one thirteen. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son. Um, so, um, uh, Apostle Paul there is is writing about it like it's already happened while while he was alive. And so he's and the the, the letter's written to uh, a church uh, or to Christians, I guess in in Colossae. Uh Not a church. I'm sorry. Um, but faithful brothers in uh, Colossae is what verse 2 says Um, so he's speaking to Christians and he's saying we are already there in in the kingdom and so um, in one way or another um, there's either uh, I think 100% overlap between the people that are in the church and the people that are in the kingdom or it's the same thing either way um it's it's not talking about something that's, you know, going to happen after the uh, premillennialist uh, you know, reign and construction of the temple <laughs> again and, and all those theories that people come up with. Um it's 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 now. Um okay. Having said all that, I find that the phrase inherit the kingdom is talking about the future and talking about um you know, after we die and uh, going to heaven and that sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Matthew twenty five thirty four. try to go over there fast. Um, so, <clears throat> um, Matthew twenty five thirty four. So this is, and again, we're going to come back to this in a little more depth later. But this is the. Uh, what seems like the final judgment, and he's separating the sheep and the goats, uh, figuratively not actual, but people that are you know considered good and bad. And uh, what I say, verse 34, I think. Um, then the king will say to those on his right, so the good people, "Come, you who are, who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world." So, um, and, and there's, like I said, there's other examples I think, but. Uh, First Corinthians fifteen fifty to fifty two. I'm not going to turn there right now, but um, uh, you, do, you do see that. So <laughs> when we get into this discussion of of the kingdom, I think it it does kind of get um, difficult. Um, but just the the basic idea of the inheritance, I think, is very much tied up with um, 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 of going to heaven and our and our reward after. After we die or after Christ comes back. Um, And uh, it seems like the phrase enter the kingdom also uh, can sometimes mean that as well. Um, All right. Um, Oh, yeah, okay, so... uh, That's good, we're already there. So if you go over a page or two to Matthew 26 and verse 29... um, so this is one where I've noticed uh, quite a few uh, people in religious organizations will. I uh, think they found something. <laughs> so uh, Matthew 26 verse 29, um, he says, "I tell you this." So this is the Jesus and the the Last Supper, kind of the first Lord's Supper. Um, <clears throat> he says, "I would tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom." Uh, so. People will read that and they're like, aha, we drink bread and grape juice in heaven. <laughs> I think when it says, in my Father's kingdom, um, that we're talking about what to us is right now. Uh, to Jesus it was the future uh, when he was on the earth, but it's it's now. I think the way that I understand this is that um, he's saying that he'll commune with us. Figuratively, I don't know exactly. Um, in some way that's not physical, um, <laughs> he'll commune with us uh, when we partake of the Lord's Supper. Um, I, I, I don't. I don't read that as necessarily talking about something, you know, way in the future, even to us. Um, but yeah, that's one. For example, that, that people will will take and run with it. Um, so. That's, that's why I say we have, kind of have to be careful when you, when you get into the language about the kingdom uh, in, in the Bible. Even if it says kingdom of heaven, um, it, it's not necessarily meaning in heaven. Uh, it's just that, um, you know, um, I didn't put this down. But um, so uh, John chapter 3, for example, um, the story of Nicodemus, you know, where he says, um, you know, you must be born again. And if uh, you might have a footnote in your Bible, uh, it, it'll say another way to translate that is must be born from above. Um, and uh, actually, I think I might get into that later. But um, so I, I think that's kind of the idea. Is there's there's this connection between when we become Christians that we're on this earth, but we're also there's a part of us that's heavenly as well. Um, so. Um, it can again it can get it can get really confusing when you start thinking about that. Um all right. <clears throat> so um, the next section, the bottom of page two, uh will we go to heaven if we obey God? Uh well, yeah, obviously right. <laughs> but my point is, um <clears throat> to give away uh why I'm 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 going into this um well actually I'll I'll do that on on, on page three. Alright, so let's just let's just go through this uh the, the the quick answer first. So will we go to heaven if we obey God? And I um yes. Uh when we um when uh Mr. Jim read the scripture reading uh, about Elijah, um <coughs> uh we see that he went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Um and uh I would say he was a very righteous person um, <clears throat> so that one spells it out he went up to heaven um it doesn't say because he was a good person, but i I would think that's why <laughs> um so the other example I have is uh Enoch in uh, in genesis five so if you uh I'll, let's turn there um <clears throat> so Genesis five you have. A genealogy of, uh, you know, Adam had a son and and named Seth, and Seth had a son, and uh, it goes on and on, right? But, um. But so at the end of each uh, kind of section, uh, like my Bible has little kind of bro- breaks chapter five of Genesis into paragraphs. So at the end of each one, you know, it says uh, and he died. So, you know, Adam, and he died. And then Seth, at the end of verse 8, and he died. and uh, Enosh, not Enoch, uh, at the end of verse 11, and he died. And you go on and on and on. And then you get to uh, 21, talks about Enoch. and uh, Let's just read that, 21 through 24 of Genesis 5. When Enoch had lived 65 years, he fathered Methuselah. Enoch walked with God after he fathered Methuselah 300 years and had other sons and daughters thus all the days of Enoch were 365 years Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him and then verse 25 talks about Methuselah so something very conspicuously absent here is where it says and he died and so it seems that he didn't and uh, when you and if uh, if you read Hebrews 11 uh it'll actually spell that out that he didn't um, <coughs> but um so the reason uh, given there is, that, uh, is because he walked with God. Um, and so it says uh, at the end of verse 24, For God took him. Um, so where did he take him? To Paris? Um, <laughs> I think if the man didn't die uh, and God took him somewhere, uh, I think the only place he could go <laughs> would be to heaven. Um, um, so again, it doesn't spell it out, but I'm I'm pretty sure... Uh, if you go to Hebrews eleven verse five, this this t- talks about Enoch some more. Uh, right? Um, sorry, you all probably get to the scriptures faster than I do. Hebrews eleven verse five. Uh, By faith Enoch was taken up, so that he should not see death, and he was not found, because God had taken him now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. Um, so, um, <clears throat> kind of, again, ties ties those things together. Um, what I thought was interesting is that um, yeah, Sorry, I've got two sets of notes here. Um, yeah, okay. So, the word uh, in Hebrews, which is... a Despite the name of the book is in Greek, uh, <laughs> um, which is a different language than Genesis is written in. Um, so by faith Enoch was taken up, um, or I'm sorry, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. I'm, Sorry, if I didn't put it in my notes. It's it's in verse five. I don't know which of the the instances of he had taken him. Maybe both. Anyway, the 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 Greek word there is. Uh, so if you have King James, it'll say he was translated, um, not like the we think of with language. Um, but this uh, the uh, I wrote Hebrew <laughs> in the notes that you have the Greek word uh, in Hebrews. <laughs> um, can mean to take up or to change. Um, James 4, and verse 9, you don't have to turn there, but uh, uses this um, as well. Um, James 4, and verse 9 says, Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Um, so it's there, the same word, the same Greek word, doesn't mean that your laughter is taken to mourning, but it's changed into something different uh, from... A happiness to to sadness, and so I think the same way. Uh, what this is saying is that that Enoch is is um, changed in the in the way that um, you would need to be in order to go into heaven. Um, so that was a long winded way of saying that that um, I think you can put all that together and see that Enoch, because of his faith, um, uh, went into heaven in 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 the way that that we would think of it. That he was actually changed into some sort of spiritual form or Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Um, So, um, page three. Um, So in the New Testament, um, you know, we don't follow um, the Old Covenant. um, uh, So, I give those as examples, and I think that that they're helpful uh, of Elijah and uh Enoch, but um, but since we're not under the Old Covenant, um, you know we can't just take that as as you know an example that well we'll all you know be like that, so I want to reason this from uh, New Testament scriptures also so <clears throat> to do that, I find it a lot more difficult um, because this is where I was saying there are many um, thoughts around the idea of going to heaven that um I think we I anyway combine them in my mind and, and like I say as I'll I'll try to prove to you I think they are indeed um the same um idea. But um <clears throat> the reason I want to go through this process uh to to give away the ending is is that so we're talking about going to heaven, but there are scriptures like 1 Corinthians 15, they never mention that by name, I don't think. they just It just talks about the resurrection, the resurrection, the resurrection. And so for me to to make the assumption that 1 Corinthians 15, when it talks about what our bodies will look like in the resurrection, and to make the, the, the logical jump to the idea that that also means that that's what our bodies will be like in heaven, I feel like I need to prove to you that these are the same idea, that the resurrection and going to heaven is the same thing. Um, so so that's that's why I'm going through this and and again, I just I think it's good to kind of step back and realize that you know when you're combining many different ideas um, is it is it fair to do that, or are they different things, and we should be separating them um, like the kingdom, for example you know um, <coughs> so <coughs> the list um, I believe all these ideas are one and the same. That Jesus Christ is coming back one day, uh, that when he does, he will take those who are his, uh, which I take to mean good and and faithful Christians, (coughs) um, that at that time this will also be the end of planet Earth uh, and Judgment Day. I guess that's kind of two thoughts. Um, uh, Number four, that um, if we were to die before Jesus comes back, then we will be resurrected. number five we're going up (laughs) we're not staying on earth Um, Uh, number six um, that we will be with the Lord Um, and I don't mean that in some figurative sense I mean that in like the most literal idea that we will actually dwell with God and see his face and be in the same place as God and Jesus like really not, not not just a metaphor we'll really be there with him um <clears throat> and then seven that um we will then have eternal life um so again you've probably always taken all those things to be the same idea and i think that's right but i had to sit down and realize that these are actually separate thoughts um so <clears throat> and um the conclusion of all these things because nowhere in there did i say you know specifically We're going, there's, uh, because I don't think there's a scripture that says one day we will go to heaven and be where God is. Um, I think you have to piece it together. Um, And so that's what I think the conclusion of all these ideas is, is that since God is in heaven and we'll be with him, and that we're going up there, then we will be in heaven with him. So, Um, All right, so now to prove it. Back to 1 Thessalonians 4. Um, Going the wrong direction. Okay, 4 Titus. <coughs> so we read this already, but... Um, I will start in verse 14 this time. Um, <coughs> let's see, you get all my notes here together. Um, so I numbered the ideas and tried to number them on the page... So you could um, maybe keep track of it. but uh, For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, uh, even so, through Jesus, God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. Um, <clears throat> uh, for this we declare to you by a word from the Lord that we who are alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, uh, keep that phrase in mind, uh, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. Uh, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven uh with a uh, with a cry of command, so again the um you know Jesus is coming back um, he'll descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, with the sound and with the sound of the trumpet of God, uh, and the dead in Christ will rise first, so there's the resurrection um, verse seventeen that we who are alive uh, and who are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, so. Um, <clears throat> Again, very clearly, we are. Uh, I, I've, I've heard people will try to debate this, but I mean, I don't know. He says in the clouds. <laughs> like, uh, I I don't know how you can you know turn that into something figurative. I, I, I think it seems like he's, they're they're going. Uh, Apostle Paul is going out of the way to make it clear. Like this is a physical thing, uh, or I don't know. In some way, it's it's a it's an event that's going to happen. It's not just a figurative thing. um all right, the end of verse seventeen, and so we will always be with the Lord. Um, I especially, like, I'm thankful that the word "always" is in there. So, meaning this is this is how it's always going to be from now on. Um, is that we'll be with the Lord, um, <coughs> and therefore encouraging one another with these words. So, um, like I said, I think you, you you've got a few ideas combined there. Um, if you look at Second Peter three, I told you we'd come back to this uh, at some point. <coughs> So again, in first Thessalonians we had a mention of the coming of the Lord um when we get to second Peter three um, and uh verses four to eleven <clears throat> and I'll read this because we we didn't read it yet um, I'm jumping in the middle of this, aren't I? <laughs> Let's go to verse 3. Uh, knowing this, first of all, that scoffers will come in the last days of scoffing, following their own sinful desires. They will say, Where is the promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, <coughs> they are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation, for they deliberately over, overlook this fact, that the heavens existed long ago and the, and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished by the same word the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire being kept until the day of judgment and the destruction of the ungodly Um, but do not overlook this one fact beloved that with the day uh, with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness but is patient toward you not wishing that any should perish but uh, that all should reach repentance but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in it will be... And this is this is where my ESV translation starts putting in their own philosophy here. Uh, my translation says the works that are done on it will be exposed. Um, New American Standard, for example, will say um, heavens will be destroyed, um, <clears throat> which I think is, is much more accurate there um verse 11 since all these things are be uh, are thus to be uh, dissolved what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness so um yeah the point of all that one was just to read this because we didn't read it yet but also to kind of connect the ideas that um that um you know this the, the day of the lord when he comes back um is is tied to the the, the idea of judgment and and the destruction of earth so um <clears throat> so you've got that and um and then I, I we won't turn there because i have already turned there but Matthew 25 uh 31 to 46 is this passage about the separating of the sheep and the goats in the judgment day and um, um again that, that that ties it again to the the when the son of man comes in his glory um so I, I think I, I think you can pretty quickly um tie all these ideas together um oh and this is where it adds in the the um the idea of, of eternal life is all part of the same um, same idea uh, which like I say I just kind of summarize as going to heaven um, alright what you've all been waiting for <laughs> what will heaven be like <laughs> a, lot, a lot of the answer is I don't know by the way <laughs> but we'll go through this um, so let me get lined up here um all right, so, um, first I, I want to go over um, just the book of Revelation. Um, I'm not an expert on the book of Revelation. Um, I, I, and I'm not saying that out of modesty, like I'm not an expert in any book of the Bible. I mean, okay, but I mean, like, really, I'm not an expert in the book of Revelation. Um, and I and I don't... I, I'm, I'm not... At least today, I don't think ever will will say that I I know exactly what this prophecy means. I, I think uh, a, a lot of it. I think what we just read in, in uh, Second Peter, um, you know, the the people that say they know what this means are wrong. Um, <coughs> so, a lot of what we we have for pictures of heaven comes from from Revelation. Um, and a few other places, Isaiah six and Ezekiel ten and Ezekiel one, um, but um, which we'll get to. But so for the book of Revelation, um, I, I, I think we can safely walk into this with with the idea in mind that when it talks about the events that are going to happen, the you know the fall of Babylon and and the, the the Armageddon and the four horsemen and and you know when is that and what is that going to look like. I'm not going near that, okay <laughs> the events in revelation are something very difficult. I think a lot of it is figurative that doesn't mean not true but just symbolic. I guess it would be a better word and and uh, you know and so what that means I don't know, but um, i I think we can look at descriptions of like who is in heaven, for example and and safely take that information out. Um, and so that's, that's where I am wading into uh, the book of Revelation. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, I said I wouldn't get into events, but I, I will say this real quick. Uh, revelation 1, verse 1. Um, let's just turn over there. Uh, wow, that is a long introduction to my Bible. <laughs> um, it says, The revelation of Jesus Christ... Which that always uh, can take you for a loop if you've never really sat down and uh, if you just jump into chapter twenty or something. Um, so it's the revelation of Christ. He's he's the one that wanted us to know this, um, which I guess you could say of everything. But um, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show His servants the things that must soon take place, He made it known by sending His angel to His servant John. Um, there's a lot in there. The main thing that is, I think, key to read there is these things must soon take place. Now, even having said that, you can get in the idea of like Joel 2 and Acts 2 where it talks about the last days and, and and people in the first century were talking about the last days and yet here we still are. And so I understand that like soon can be, you know, a broad definition. Fair enough. But do keep a very open mind that things in Revelation may soon take place as in they've already to us happened in the past Um, and maybe some of these things are you know like I said pictures of Christ and the church um, and however that looks like in heaven um, versus how we see the church here and that sort of thing so again just keep that that open mind, Um, because if you've never looked at the first verse of the book of Revelation, you probably assume it's all about the Left Behind series. (laughs) So, um, maybe not, huh? So, alright. The first three chapters, um, I I could go over it again, but I I don't think the, the phrase heaven... I think maybe comes up once but for the most part I don't think they actually take place in heaven um, at this first chapter 4 is is I think where you first see that and so it says verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4 after this I looked and behold the door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet said come up here and I will show you what must take place after this uh so I think at this point in the story um or in the chapters I guess it's, I think it's a continuous story um I think now we can say that chapter 4 and I think chapter 5 also are scenes in heaven. Um, Now if you look at chapter 18, and I'm not going to turn there, but you also see other times in the book of Revelation where the scene shifts back to earth. uh, Where, like say, in chapter 18 it says an angel came down from heaven and went to the earth and had a message for the people. So... Again, not even even after this point, not everything in the Book of Revelation is in heaven. So, we just got to be careful and discerning when we when we look at all these symbolic uh, descriptions and things. Um, <clears throat> and then Revelation 19. Let's turn there. Um, so, um, uh, Revelation 19, six or ten. Then I heard what seemed to be the voice of a great multitude like the roar of many waters and like the sound of many peals of thunder crying out, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God the Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and exult and give him the glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. It was granted her to clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, for the fine linen Uh, is the righteous deeds of the saints. And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true words of God. Um, Well, I said verse 10... Uh, it's kind of not in the context anymore, but uh, then I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, you must not do that. I am a fellow servant with you and your brothers uh, who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Like I said, I'm sorry, I didn't really mean to go that far in the text. It's not related to the point I'm making, but um, all right, so there's a lamb and a bride. Um, So the lamb um, is Jesus Christ. Uh you see that if you go two chapters back to verse uh, chapter seventeen and verse fourteen, he says they will make war on the Lamb, and the Lamb will conquer them, for he is the Lord of Lord or Lord of Lords and King of Kings, and those with him are called uh and chosen and faithful um, if the Lamb wasn't enough giveaway that that's Jesus, the fact that he's also called Lord of Lords and King of Kings uh, I think pretty well um can, can make it clear that that's who the Lamb is uh, in this book of Revelation. Uh, who is the bride? Well, we know that. Uh, we know that from Ephesians uh, chapter 5. And the bride uh, of Christ is the church. Um, <clears throat> again, I'll, I'll not turn there right now. Um, but Ephesians 5, verse 25, and also 31 and 32 uh, will tell us that. So, uh, this is talking about Jesus and the church. Uh, have, have These events in chapter 19 uh chapter 21 if they already happened yet yeah, maybe yes no i don't i don't know uh we know he's, we see that the the church is the bride of Christ well this is the marriage so maybe it's future <laughs> right because it's the bride in, in Ephesians 5 which is you know talking about the church now is the marriage later who knows <laughs> um and again, I think that's kind of the idea: is that there's things that happen in heaven that seem to maybe be happening at the same time as things on Earth. Um, so it's just not clear to me, and and that I think is is the point that I want you to get out of uh, out of these passages we looked at in Revelation: is is this talking about the past or the future? Uh, is it in heaven or here or both? Yeah, maybe I don't know. <laughs> I'm just going to leave that all up in the air. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, as much as I'd like to turn to Revelation and say, like, oh, this is this is clearly you know something that's going to be there when when we go there one day, I don't know. Um, and I'm setting this up to make another point later on, by the way. Um, um, <clears throat> I think of uh, Philippians three, verse twenty, also. Uh, which I, I have quoted on the page, um, for our citizenship is in heaven, uh, from which also we eagerly await for a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, so that's it's one of those, you know, our citizenship is in heaven, and you're like, okay, I can see that. You know, we're born again. right? We're born from above. Uh, so where you're born, that's where your citizenship is. And yet we're also here, and you know, uh, First Peter talks about how we're aliens and sojourners on this earth, and so it's like, okay, I can see that, you know, our citizenship is up there, but we're ambassadors. And then in that same verse of Philippians three twenty, he goes on to say, and we're from which, from heaven, we're waiting. And it's like, but I'm not there yet. It's like, but maybe a part of me is now. I don't know. So, yeah, you get really kind of interesting language um, that seems to Blur the lines there, Um, and uh, yeah, I talked about John chapter three also, so um, where the Spirit um, goes, where it wills. Um, All right, page five, Uh, and I gotta catch up on my notes here. Okay, Um, so who is in heaven with God? Well, Jesus Christ. We know that. We know that also from Acts, Acts chapter one, where he ascended into heaven. um, and Jesus is m- even mentioned in, by name, uh, in, uh, the book of Revelation as well. So, I'm sure you knew that much, but figure I'd make the point. Uh, seraphim. Okay, so this is, this is one of those, uh, heavenly beings. Um, uh, so there's, uh, what I've seen is only two times in the Bible where, uh, the word seraphim, and that's plural, by the way, uh, one is a seraph, um, <clears> the <throat> two is seraphim. So, um, seraphim uh, only appear in Isaiah 6. Um, let's go ahead and go there. Uh, what would a lesson on heaven be without some crazy vision of the book of Isaiah? Uh, okay. After Psalms. All right. Isaiah chapter 6. <coughs> And uh let's just let's read one through seven. Um, let's read this whole thing. <clears throat> Isaiah six, starting verse one, in the year that King Isaiah died, I saw the Lord th- sitting upon a throne. keep that in mind, uh, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the uh, the temple above him stood the seraphim, each had six wings. remember that they have six wings. Uh, With two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, 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 remember that phrase, uh, is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Uh, And the foundations of the thresholds shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen uh, the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having a hand, in his hand uh, a burning coal that he had taken with tongs from the altar and he touched my mouth and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Um, All right, so, quite the vision. Um, So, we've got those descriptions. um, The Lord's on a throne. The seraphim have six wings and they shout, Holy, Holy, Holy. All right, so if we go back to Revelation uh, 4 and verse 8 you're not going to see the word seraphim. But, you're going to see something very similar. Um, <clears throat> Revelation 4, verse 8, and the four living creatures, that's what they're called, uh, and that phrase, the four living creatures, appears, I think, something around 12 or 14 times in the book of Revelation. The four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within, and day and night they never cease to say, Holy, 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 is the Lord God Almighty, who was, and is, and is to come. Um, so again, it doesn't say that these are the seraphim, uh, but I would think it was. Uh, <laughs> be pretty. Uh, maybe there's different kinds of heavenly beings that look look alike. I don't know, but I would think that they are the same. Um, <clears throat> all right, so cherubim. Um, you know, if you. If you were just reminded of the song Holy, Holy, Holy and you think of the part of the song the Seraphim and Cherubim I might have that backwards Falling Down Before Thee um, So Cherubim also Strong maybe <laughs> uh, So um, Little little story on Cherubim um, So They're pretty much always where God is right? So the first time you see Cherubim is in Genesis three and verse twenty-four, uh, after Adam and Eve are uh, kicked out of the Garden of Eden, uh, the cherubim are put there to guard the entrance. Um, so, um, you know, they can't go back in uh, to where they were able to, you know, walk with with God and everything. Um <coughs> so, speaking of guarding an entrance, uh, in Exodus twenty-six, when we see a description of the tabernacle. Um there's curtains up in front of the most holy place and in those curtains um is uh, cherubim uh woven into the the curtains um my understanding is you don't have that at the entrance to the, the 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 you know the front door of the tabernacle only in the inner door that goes into the most holy place um but either way it's uh they're kind of guarding the entrance to where God is um Third place you see cherubim is uh, on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Um, <clears throat> you know the the wings that touch each other. If you remember back to uh, uh, Mr. Jim's sermon uh, a few weeks ago, um, where he had a picture up there. So, or if you've seen the movies or whatever. Um, but um, so you've got you've got uh, it said hammered work. So somehow a like sculpture or something of the cherubim on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Um <clears throat> and it's called the mercy seat. Right? And so it's where uh it's it's thought that or it's said that, that God is enthroned. And so if you if you were to look at Psalm ninety nine, verse one, uh it says that God is enthroned above the cherubim. Now my first thought would be um that it's referring to this, to, to the the Ark of the Covenant inside the, the most holy place. Um But then also we see this very literally in the in the book of Ezekiel. So if you go to Ezekiel ten, which we were going the other direction, Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, all right, Uh, and yeah, so uh, verse one. Then I looked and behold, on the this is another vision of, of of. something amazing with um, the cherubim. I think this is the one with the wheel within a wheel and uh, yeah, and, and God on a throne and there's uh, something like sapphire <laughs> that's like above them. Some amazing sight that Ezekiel got to see. So, verse 1, Then I looked and behold on the expanse that was over the heads of the cherubim. There appeared above them something like a sapphire in appearance uh, like a throne. Uh, so, Um, I think I was getting ahead of myself with the throne idea but uh, before but um, so there's uh, and uh, what else did I have there Uh, sorry verse 19 um, and the cherubim lifted up their wings and mounted up from the earth before my eyes as they went out with the wheels beside them and they stood at the entrance of the east gate of the house of the Lord and the glory of the Lord uh, the glory of the God of Israel was over them so I I think in all of this, God is on this throne that the cherubim are holding up. So, in a very like physical sense, there God is enthroned above the cherubim. Um, not just in in the uh, I mean, it was still physical, but not like just on the Ark of the Covenant, but they like really carrying him around. Um, so um, so they're very much around God. Um, <clears throat> a cherubim only have four wings. Um, you see that in Ezekiel. Uh, I think you have to see verse. You have to go to chapter one. So Ezekiel ten verse five, uh, he says, um, "No, that's not right." Uh, Twenty. Um, These are the living creatures that I saw underneath the God of Israel by the, the Kibar Canal, and I knew that they were cherubim. So he 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 explains there um, that you can actually look back to the vision in chapter one of Ezekiel, and there's another vision of of. Uh, what he's saying here are cherubim. He doesn't name them as cherubim in chapter one, but this is the connection that lets you put that together. Um so they have four wings, uh, and other features, but uh so they're not the same as, as the seraphim. Um I don't see any example of them in like the book of Revelation, for example, but I mean, you know, they have to be somewhere. <laughs> if they're not on earth, uh, I would think they'd have to be in heaven. So um I would you know, I'd count them among them also. Uh, all right, so angels also in heaven. We have that in Revelation five uh, verse eleven. Uh, and I'm gonna move my notes over here. Um, <clears throat> that there are uh, myriads of myriads, which is to say millions of angels. Um, so one thing I thought was interesting, and this is just kind of a side note. Um, so generally outside of the Book of Revelation, for example, when you, you read of angels, they're kind of or anywhere they're described as uh, being in appearance like men, uh, although they really scare everybody. Um just about um they are never described as having wings um so uh i have always just kind of assumed that you know so i, I anyway um we me go to the next point so angels again, if you look in revelation chapter five verse eleven or seven verse eleven, you're gonna see- an- angels mentioned with other heavenly beings uh like the living creatures um so so there's there's a distinction there uh between angels and these. Four living creatures, for example, um, and so I always put all that together and say, "Well, then, you know, you can't just say angels and mean every heavenly being." Apparently, you can. So I stand corrected on this. Um, I was I was surprised to find this. Uh, angels can be a catch-all term uh, for all heavenly beings. Um, I'm really surprised at this. Um, and, the, and the way you you can put this together again, this is kind of connecting Greek and Hebrew. Um, if you're interested I'll just let you read this on the page but uh, if you look at um, Hebrews 2 verse 7 you know it's the the famous phrase uh, you made him a little lower than the angels and this is the Greek word angelos so angels I mean th- clearly um, but the, the psalm the, the the it's quoting Psalm 8 verse 5 and there it says uh, a little lower than the Elohim which is either translated as God or gods or heavenly beings um, so you can use angels to mean heavenly beings. as That's how it was done in, in Hebrews 2 verse 7 is, is, uh, is how they translated it. So, um, yeah, that kind of blew me away. Um, all right, also in Revelation we see uh, that people from earth are there, uh, chapter 6 and chapter 7. Um, <coughs> and then there's the 24 elders, uh, which... That's pretty much all their 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 description is I mean, they have crowns that they throw away, uh, and they have faces that they fall on, and they can hold a harp, but that's about it I mean, we don't get any kind of description. so are they elders in the sense that we've always read you know in the Old Testament of just like older leaders of the group or you know elders like you know pastors in the church or is is it something else i don't know, so i don't know if it's that's kind of separate from just regular human beings I, there's some sort of distinction. Um, that that they're given there. So uh, so there's that. All right. So what will we look like? So let's go to First Corinthians 15. Um, all right. Sorry. <coughs> verse 35 to 36. So, um, I'll go ahead and read this, but um, just to give away the ending here, um, he makes an analogy of a seed. And so, basically the idea is, now, now, I mean, some of you might, uh, maybe, uh, I I don't know, I'm thinking of Scott, you know, you might be able to pick up a seed and say, oh, well, that's going to be this plant. Well, you know that from experience, though, right? Like, if you if you had never seen any plants before and you just picked up a seed, you wouldn't think that that would become anything. And you, and and even if someone said that's going to turn into something else, you'd think like like what a rock. Like you know you wouldn't you wouldn't look at a seed and think it's going to become an enormous tree one day or something. You know so um, <coughs> there's no indication when you, when you look at a seed as to what it's what it's really going to be. Um, and so that's that's the Apostle Paul's point here um, is that. If you look at our bodies today uh, and you try to say, "Well, are we going to look anything like this when we get to heaven?" basically like you can't you can 't make any assumption uh, on that so uh, let 's read it first corinthians fifteen thirty five to forty six but someone will ask, "How are the dead raised with what kind of body do they come? You foolish person, what you sow does not come to life unless it dies, which I think is an interesting uh, analogy that the seed dies and then sprouts up life. <clears throat> and what you sow uh, is not the body that is to be but a bare kernel perhaps of wheat or some other grain but God gives it a body as, as he has chosen and to each kind of seed uh, its own body for not all flesh is the same but there is one kind for humans another for animals another for birds and another for fish there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies but the glory of the heavenly is of one kind and the glory of the earthly is another there is one glory of the sun and another glory of the moon and another glory for the, of the stars for star differs from star in glory so it is with the resurrection of the dead what is sown is perishable, what is raised is imperishable. It is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. Thus it is written, the first man Adam became a living being, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. But it is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, uh, and then the spiritual. Um, <clears throat> and just a side note, that last verse I kind of thought was interesting, um, I've heard people say that you know, like, uh, there's even a song I think in our uh, supplement book uh, called "Little Souls." Um, there's this this idea that uh, God makes souls in heaven and then puts them into into babies when they're born. Um, well, if you look at verse 46, he says, "It is not the spiritual that is first, but the natural, and then the spiritual." So I don't I don't think that that holds uh, holds a candle. Um, <clears throat> all right. Um, <clears throat> will we recognize each other in heaven? Um, the short answer is I don't know. <laughs> uh, um, so what we just read, you know, we're not going to know what we're going to look like. Um, does that mean we won't be able to recognize anything? Well, no, it, I mean, it, I, I don't think so. I mean, I think we would we would somehow have a knowledge of, of what's going on or who God is or, or something. I mean, you know. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Matthew 22, verse 30. Uh, I'm not going to turn there, but uh, Jesus says, uh, for in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Um, and that doesn't really, you know, like you say, oh, well, they're like angels in heaven. It's like, like that cleared it up. <laughs> but I don't know what angels in heaven are like, exactly. Um, so, um, but but what, what that does tell us is that our relationships will be different up there. Um, and um, yeah a similar point made in in first John three and verse two um so I don't know I don't know exactly uh one way or another um I'm not I'm trying to say we won't know each other and I'm not trying to say we will um but the the point is that um you know our goal is to forever be with the Lord uh, and that's 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 what we're working toward and that's what we will will be the you know the payoff that will make it worth it um is is to be with him um i i want both personally you know I, I i want to still know my family um uh you know up there um but i don't have any control over that and and uh, you know need to know that that um you know it'll be true joy um i do believe um uh, one way or another, so <coughs> excuse me okay um, next uh, next thought at the bottom of page six uh, do, do our relatives or, that have passed away look down on us from heaven and uh, I'm sorry, but probably not uh, for t- two reasons I have. Uh, one, uh, Jesus is coming back to resurrect the dead in Christ uh, so he's not resurrecting them from heaven. they're not in heaven right now when he comes back to resurrect the dead it's people that are not yet there uh so they're not look, there's there's I don't see how there could be that people are looking you know people that we knew are looking down on us uh from heaven uh and then second there's just no evidence for it in the bible i mean you don't you don't see anything like that the only time that uh, that i can recall of somebody Somebody's spirit coming back from the dead to to visit someone on earth is is, uh, the story of uh, uh, the book of uh, 1 Samuel chapter 28. Uh, And I'm not going to turn there, but it's where uh, King Saul uh, goes to a sorceress uh, and asks to uh, do a seance and conjure up the spirit of Samuel. And uh, and she said he was there. Um, Maybe that story is true. I, I'm I'm st- I am i am i am not entirely sure. Uh, even if it is, it says that Samuel came up from the ground, uh, so <laughs> he wasn't in heaven. Um, so I, I just yeah I I can't I can't see any justification for the idea. I, I know it's it's a comforting thought, but um, I, I don't we you know I I think a, a more comforting thought is that God is looking down on us from heaven, um, and 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 caring for us. Um, all right, so finally like I said the point I was going to make um, <clears throat> all along will we actually be on the new earth uh instead and not really in heaven after all um so I don't think so I think I really do think we'll be in heaven um uh, like I said I accidentally uh, came upon one earlier uh, in this in this sermon uh where whereby uh, Bible will translate that as um Something kind of in line with this this thought, even though I think the the, the language doesn't support that. Uh, Matthew 19 verse 28, um, as well. I think is one where I, I think uh, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed for this translation, which I generally like a lot. Um, but Matthew 19 verse 28. Um, <coughs> This is again the ESV, which I think when it says New World, this is not right, but it says, Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the New World, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. Um, if you have New American Standard or King James, uh, it'll say in the regeneration. Uh, when I looked into the the, the, the Greek for that, it's uh, like regenesis, so it's like re birth. Uh, so where the ESV gets the phrase in the new world, I think is just them trying to push this idea um, on people, and I don't think that actually is a fair translation there. Um, But, like I said, the scriptures do actually talk about uh, a new heaven or heavens and a new earth. Uh, And there's four times. (coughs) Excuse me, and they all come together. Uh, It's... I don't see anywhere uh, where it mentions a new earth but doesn't mention the new heavens or vice versa. It seems to always be a, a, a package phrase. Um, <clears throat> so, Isaiah 65, verse 17. Um, I'm going to turn there. And so, um, when we lived at our old house, when we would go to vote, um, we had to, uh, our polling place was the Seventh day Adventist Church. And uh so that was the first and uh, only times I've ever been in a Seventh day Adventist church. But anyway, there's a uh there's a painting on the wall of uh apparently what they think um uh you know, heaven will be like or or, or the future will be like, and it's I think they're very much of the same idea that there'll be a new earth. Uh so at the at the at the end of this, um I uh okay. Um, this is not the point of me uh of this right now, but Isaiah 65 verse 25, the wolf and the lamb shall graze together, the lion uh shall eat straw like the the ox, uh the dust shall be serpent's food. I think there's others uh in here about the, the children playing with the serpents or something like that. Um so you know, <clears throat> and they they take that very much, you know, like it that's that's what that's what it's going to be like, you know. We're just gonna we're gonna be on this new earth where we get to play with dangerous animals, and um, I know it's what it says, but I, I I'm pretty sure this is, um, you know, symbolic or whatever. But okay, so the reason I took you over here, Isaiah 65 verse 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or come to into mind. Um, and so you read that, and again, maybe that's like. You know, after everything's destroyed, or maybe not. Right? Um, a few verses later, in verse 20, uh, it says, "No more shall there be in it an infant who lives but a few days, or an old man who does not fill out his days. For the young man shall die a hundred years old, and the sinner a hundred years old shall be accursed." Now, if this is if this is in heaven after we've died, how is the young man going to die again at a hundred years old? I don't think this is talking about <laughs> when when the destruction of earth happens when Christ comes back. I don't think so, um and for the same reason, I wouldn't put the uh all these descriptions of animals playing together and everything uh in that. I think this is some other symbolism uh that's here <coughs> um, you've got isaiah sixty six and verse twenty two um, and it seems to be kind of you know similar um, not really anything uh that that gives me any more clarity in this uh second Peter three and verse thirteen. Does does start to seem to you know get get to something that's interesting, which is you know it's talking about it after the destruction of uh, of the earth. So it's like okay, well maybe it doesn't say that we're going to be there though. So the last one uh, we're down to is good old Revelation. Uh, <laughs> so Revelation 21, and uh, again this is what I was setting you up for earlier is that you know I wouldn't jump right to the fact that oh it's in Revelation, therefore uh, you know this is. <coughs> You know, a very literal description because that's not generally the way you want to approach the Book of Revelation. Um, <clears throat> so Revelation 21, I'll read one and two. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Okay, I, it seems like I, I, there's a timeline there, right? And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming da- down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Um, <clears throat> this bride, we didn't, didn't we talk about that earlier? Uh, So if you go down to verses 9 and 10 of the same chapter, uh, Revelation 21, um, Then then came one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues and spoke to me, saying, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away into the spirits to a great high mountain, and showed me the holy city Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God. So this new Jerusalem uh, coming out of heaven is the bride of the Lamb. So I think the holy city here, this this new Jerusalem, is the church. Um, and so that's, if you go back up to verse 1 and 2, when he says, I saw a new heaven, a new earth, and this new Jerusalem, is this really in the future? I wouldn't be so sure, right? Because to me, the new Jerusalem is the church. So again, none of these four passages seem to be you know absolute proof that there'll be you know that this is literal uh and that we'll be on this new earth uh it, it's just you know just all very symbolic so <clears throat> so it, it, at best it's a maybe from these passages right but what I what I do see though is 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 1 um, where uh, I'll, I'll turn there and uh And this will be about it. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. Um, And similarly, uh, as I have in the paper, 1 Peter 1, verse 3 and 4, um, he talks about an inheritance reserved in heaven for you. Um, And so, that's what I read. I read that... That our inheritance, that where we're going, that this house that we're going to have, uh, is in heaven, um, and not not on this new earth. Um, I keep an open mind, um, but I'm still very much of the traditional idea that we that where we're going is heaven, and and we'll stay there. Um, not that we'll meet the Lord in the air, and then the earth will be destroyed, and then God says, "Just hold on a second. I'm going to put the new earth back in." All right, now go back down. I it's not the way that I read that, you know. Um, I, I I take it as we're going to heaven, and and that's it. What is this this new earth that's described? Like I say, I'm not sure. It, it, when it's tied up into the idea of the church, I, I'm not as as confident to say that that this is something that's future, you know. So I don't I don't know. Um, but um, yeah. So that is our study. Like I said, there's a lot that I actually didn't cover. Believe it or not. Um, uh, as much as we did cover um, <coughs> but um, I hope this uh maybe cleared up some things maybe gave you some some ways that you can um, talk to other people about it if they have some interesting theories um, and uh, you know keep you grounded in in what the truth is um, uh, for an invitation I think it's pretty clear um, if if uh, if we want to see heaven one day. Um, we have to be uh, uh, one of Christ's one, one of his followers one of his believers um, <clears throat> and uh, we didn't read that today but uh, the way we do that uh, that we see for example in uh, Acts 2 uh, is that the people um, uh, were cut to the heart um, and saw that they, they weren't perfect and they needed to repent and that they did um and uh, confess that jesus was was the lord um, <coughs> and um, uh, and' were baptized um, and so if there's any here that have have not obeyed the gospel uh, as another scripture says um, have not um, done these things um, <coughs> and uh, and and you know that you need to uh, and uh, you know that heaven is where you want to go uh, we didn't talk about the other place, um, but that is uh, in many of these verses very clear where um, uh, people that don't obey Him are, are going is to hell. Um, but uh, if you want to be with heaven in heaven with uh, with God one day, uh, or whatever the meaning is, at least with God eternally um, and have eternal life, um, then um, please come forward as we stand and sing the song of invitation. Thank you.